Hello listeners and welcome to State of the Union, your weekly breakdown of all things Scottish independence. I am your voice from the void, Stephen Payton. It is Friday the 26th of February 2021. Let's get into it. It has been another rough week for Downing Street's union unit. Or rather, whatever is left of it. Because the union unit, ironically, couldn't quite hold itself together. This was meant to be one of Downing Street's big hitters to counter rising support for independence in Scotland. Yet, after non-stop blunders, resignations and abject confusion about what it was supposed to be doing, including being set up for a second time after the first one collapsed, it is finally no more. Sort of. On Wednesday night, it emerged that following the loss of yet another two leaders in just a few weeks, the unit would no longer be playing a key role in the UK government's plan to stop independence. Instead, a new cabinet committee will be created called the Cabinet Union Strategy Committee, and Boris Johnson will be sitting as chair on it, alongside the Secretaries of State for Scotland, Northern Ireland and Wales, plus Rishi Sunak, Michael Gove and David Frost. Of course, it will take more than another rebrand to actually achieve anything. Let's not forget that Johnson has been the Minister for the Union throughout this whole debacle, so let's just see how this new unit, sorry, committee, runs. And despite the fact that we can all see how utterly disastrous the project has been from the get-go, Tory MP Alistair Jack is still insisting that this downgrade of the unit is in fact not a sign of chaotic incompetence, but is actually a good thing. Absolutely shambolic, and yet you love to see it. However, what we love to see a little less is how much this entire doomed enterprise has cost us as taxpayers. And so far, Johnson isn't saying. Salaries for some of the directors in the unit were reportedly in the area of between 90,000 to 115,000 pounds a year. And that's before we even take into account the estimated 1 to 2 million for another 30 to 50 officials that were supposed to be hired. Honestly, how much has this cost us? Whatever they're spending so far clearly isn't having much impact. However, as we've now had the 22nd consecutive poll showing a majority of Scots back independence. The Ipsos Mori slash STV poll shows that 52% of voters say they would vote yes if the referendum were held tomorrow. And on top of that, an even higher percentage of Scots believe that Westminster must grant a Section 30 order for a second referendum to be held meaning even those who don't know if they back independence or not, still agree that it is our decision to make. Also, that 56% of Scots believe an SNP majority at the next Holyrood election would be a mandate for a second referendum within the next parliamentary term. Should there be a referendum in the next Holyrood term, as many suspect, however, it's going to look a lot different to the last one, if news this week is anything to go by. According to the leader of the Scottish Tories, Douglas Ross, the Better Together Pact is well and truly over. Ross is expected to hit out at the Labour leadership contenders Monica Lennon and Anna Sarwar, branding them fair-weather unionists who refuse to back his position of no surrender, no referendum, ever. Which for me, is very interesting. The last referendum was about 90% Tory talking points, with Labour kind of tacked on at the side to give the whole enterprise a sense of legitimacy. And sure, 
There were points raised around working solidarity, but only really at the 11th hour. Take that away and what you have left is basically a Tory campaign against independence, with Boris Johnson's face plastered everywhere. And that can only be good news for the independence movement, frankly. The Labour leadership hopefuls hit back at Ross, calling his tactics desperate. And yeah, it kind of is. And speaking of desperate, Neil Oliver was back in the news again this week. Oliver, a once-liked historian, attacked the SNP government for the crime of being a government. Namely, he said it made him sick to his stomach that Nicola Sturgeon was able to hold briefings on the coronavirus while normal campaigning was halted. Okay, I've heard this quite a few times and it drives me up the wall. We are in the middle of a pandemic. The First Minister is literally doing her job. Something unionists often tell her to get on with, only to get upset when she actually does. I'm sorry, but this isn't a secret campaign being run by the SNP. It's responsible communications from the leader of the country during a health crisis. Oliver actually went on to make connections to various dictatorships and banana republics, and it's just, well, like I said before, desperate. Would you rather the Scottish government had just left Boris Johnson to handle it? Actually, yeah, he probably would have. And finally this week, the SNP have pledged £600,000 this financial year on getting ready for a second referendum. The cash boost was announced at the party's recent National Executive Committee meeting, with another £1.5 million to be spent on the party's Holyrood election campaign. But that does bring us to an end this week. So, with all that said, where does that leave the State of the Union? Well, for the answer to that question, look to the Downing Street Union Unit. They can't even keep itself together. Chat to you all again next Friday. <laughs>